0: chapter 14 uh, chapter 4 verse 14 jesus jesus yeshua the son of god the son of man logos the word of god the one who god has spoken to us in these last days the representation the manifestation of god's glory the exact representation of who he is the one who created all things the one who sustains all things the one who has made purification for our sins the one who is currently sitting at the right hand of god the father there are so many things that we can describe and talk about what jesus has done and what jesus is And if you've paid a minimal amount of attention, you probably said, well, Pastor Joe forgot that he's king. Not only is he king, he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. He is savior. We have all of these titles. And one of the things that we often sing about is that Jesus is king, kind of an office, but also what he does. And we'll come up with, rightfully so praises about the fact that he's king but there are two offices that rarely get mentioned much about jesus the second one i'm going to talk about today and probably for the next number of messages because the writer of the epistle of hebrews is going to address it as well one of the offices that jesus has and we spend very little attention to is that he is a prophet He prophesied his death, burial, and resurrection. He prophesied the destruction of the temple. He has prophesied, and we're desperately looking for the day that he returns to this earth and establishes his earthly kingdom. He has made a number of prophecies, but at the same token, he spoke the word of God, which also makes him a prophet but we rarely talk about Jesus as a prophet, but even less so will we talk about him in this next office that has a daily implication in our lives. And yet Jesus gets very little praise for his conduct in this office. And that office is the high priest. He is the believer's, high priest he is our high priest and because we're those who are baptists are reformed we don't think much of priests about the only time we ever talk about priests is the priesthood of the believer that i don't need a priest i'm my own priest or whatever but jesus if you will is our high priest and if you will the scriptures tell us that his people are going to be a holy nation one who is a royal priesthood and since we are a royal priesthood he is our high priest but there is an implication of that for our daily lives and so if you have your bibles and you're looking at hebrews chapter uh, 4 verse 14 it says this therefore which means because of what has gone ahead be what we've been talking about. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, notice that we might have or whatever, it is a bold statement. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God. Now, the high priest didn't pass through the heavens, if you will. The high priest at best once a year technically twice a year, one time entered through a veil that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. And he would go there twice through the veil, once on the day of atonement to offer sacrifices for himself. And then he would return on that same day on the day of atonement and offer sacrifices for the people because only the high priest was permitted to enter, and because there was great fear that God might not accept their sacrifices, they would put a rope around him and bells on him so that if they stopped hearing the bells, they said, now's the time to pull the guy out because we don't want to wait a year because he's going to stink. And so, but he would only go through the veil of the temple. Jesus as our high priest, has gone through the veil of heavens. Well, what does that mean? That he started out in heaven, in the temple of heaven, which the tabernacle was a shadow, a a plan, if you will, of the exact representation of the temple in heaven. And Jesus came from the Holy of Holies, passed through the various heavens to earth, And then went after offering his body as a sacrifice for our sins. He entered into the Holy of Holies in heaven and offered that sacrifice for our sins. And as the scripture says, he then sat down because his work was done. So he didn't just go through a veil in the temple. He went through the heavens and to the Holy of Holies of heaven. And so he has passed through the heavens Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession because Jesus has done this for us. When it gets hard, when it gets difficult, when it seems like we can't hold on any longer, it says, keep on keeping on, hold on because your faith is worth holding on to. How is it that we know that we're believers? As we finish, we don't start good and then fall apart. You might, if we're in a hundred—I always want because I'm an old guy—a hundred yard, but a hundred meter race. In a hundred meter race, you can have the best ninety meter time in the world, but if you stop, you didn't finish the race, and you're not going to win. It is the only those who finish the race who will qualify to be winners. And the writer of Hebrews is encouraging us, exhorting us to hold on. I know it's difficult. I know it's hard. The world, even if we weren't believers, can be a very difficult place. But especially for believers when the world persecutes us. So he says, hold on. To that faith, because you have a high great high priest, not one who goes once a year into a temple or a tabernacle, but the one high priest who sits at the right hand of God the Father to hold on. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. There is this thought about jesus if you will that he came to condemn the world and jesus said the exact opposite i did not come to condemn the world because the world has already been condemned but he came to save the world but he doesn't come and say well i'm perfect i'm god you should do perfect things and be perfect people he understands we are but clay he understands our weakness. He understands our challenges. He knows. Not only does he know, he sympathizes with it. And notice he didn't say, he sympathized with those who are weak. Because we all be weak. He sympathized with our weaknesses. In earthly ministry, there are those who feel that they cannot relate to people who haven't had the same problems that they have had. I've had someone come to me and say that they like going, and and I'm not going to say this pastor's name, but they like going to his church because he used to have a problem with alcohol and now he doesn't. And this person had a problem with alcohol, probably still has a problem with alcohol, but he felt that he could relate to that person, but he couldn't relate to me because I haven't had that problem. Well, by that thinking, we can never think that Jesus could relate to us. He says he sympathizes because he understands our weakness. We don't go to one who say, I told you so. We come to one who says, come to me. And I'll forgive. We have a high priest. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. The writer here says, not only Jesus understands your weaknesses and understands because he experienced the same problems you did. There's a song that says, Jesus knows, he knows. We got this, we kind of get this idea. Well, he knows because he's God, and as God, he knows everything. Not only does he know because he knows everything, he knows because he experienced the difficulties and the temptations and the sin of sin. He says, but he was without sin. And to tell you how strong Jesus is in this, In the news today, there's, it's been moved down to a tropical depression or storm or something, but it was a hurricane. And when hurricanes come on land, they usually wreck devastation. So I want you to picture, if you will, this super massive hurricane that comes on shore to a forest. And the violent winds blow and blow and blow. And every tree but one is knocked down by the winds. The strongest tree was the one who remained. Because it experienced the full force of the winds and remained. it would fall down when the winds got to 50. Didn't fall down when the winds got to 60. Didn't fall down when it got to 80. Didn't fall down when they got to 120. It took the entire force of the storm and still stood. That's Jesus. He withstood the entire efforts of Satan to get him to bow the knee to Satan, and he refused. He was without sin, but he still sympathizes with us because at a slight blowing of somebody's speech, we fall. He takes on the full force of all and still sympathizes with our. Priests. He is a great high priest because he's been tempted in all things, not some things, not a few things, not a major, most things he suffered and was tempted with all things yet without sin. So he tells us who Jesus is. He tells us the office and he tells us how awesome he is that he is our high priest and that he sympathizes with us but still has no sin. But therefore, because of the fact that he is our high priest, because of the fact that he sympathizes, because of the fact he's without sin, therefore, let us draw near with confidence or as the the King James says, boldness to the throne of grace. The high priest in the earthly tabernacle or temple went into that shadow of the heavenly one with fear and trembling because he was uncertain whether God would accept his offering and his sacrifice. We are told that we can go not to the shadow, but to the throne in heaven of grace, the mercy seat, and we can go there with confidence. We don't have to go there with fear and trembling. We go there with boldness. Not because we are worthy, but because of He who offered His sacrifice for us. Because He placed His blood on the throne, on the mercy seat of God. And therefore, we're allowed to enter that place. You see, All the priests of Israel could never enter into the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest, only once a year. We are told we as priests can enter, not the human one, but the heavenly one daily, hourly, and go there, not with fear and intimidation, but with confidence to the throne of grace. Why? So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So first off, we can go there with boldness and confidence. Not because we're awesome, but so that we might find grace, unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. Which means we are there in confidence. Not because of who we are, but because of what he did and who he is. I've heard people, and I've even sometimes felt it myself, is that sometimes we pray and we feel, we feel that our prayers don't get any further than the ceiling. And we think somehow God isn't hearing us and God doesn't care or whatever. First off, stop feeling and knowing what the word of God says. And the word of God says that if you are his child, if you are his, then you can go there with confidence, boldness to that throne room. It doesn't matter how you feel. And I want you, we're going to quickly go to one verse that I don't think is in your bulletins. And that's okay. It's in Revelations chapter 8. And it starts with verse 3, that it says this. Another angel came and stood at the altar, holding a golden censer. Now, the altar he's at is the altar of incense. Now, in the tabernacle or in the temple, the altar of incense was the last item before the veil, where there would be an altar where they would put whole... And other hot items, and then place incense on them, and that it would fill the holy place with this incense. And they would go and daily do that. And there would be the a table of showbread and the menorah and those three items. But in heaven, you can check this out in your reading. In heaven, the altar of incense was placed in the holy of holies. So this altar of incense in heaven is where God resides, if you will, where he sits. So this is where this golden censer is. And much incense was given to him so that he might add it to the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar, which was before the throne. Revelation is reminding us what Hebrews tells us, that when you pray, it doesn't hit the ceiling. It goes to the throne room. It goes to heaven in the presence of God. And your prayers and my prayers and other people's prayers get congregated there and there before the throne of God. And if we're praying, it is a sweet fragrance that arises. We are told pray, to go to that throne room, to find mercy. Lord, I don't deserve your answers, but you're a merciful and loving God, and you give me grace. And so oftentimes we think of grace as just salvation, that we have been given grace to be saved. But we have been given grace for so much more. Paul, for instance, has said in in uh, Corinthians that he prayed three times, and i love I love it because it's like Paul goes. Now, I'm so effective at prayer, usually I ask God for something and he gives it to me. This time I had to pray three times. Like, wow, what a wow. Sometimes I go, God, you know, I, 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 this is about my third hundredth time I've asked for this. So maybe either you don't want to give it to me or you want me to change, but obviously there must be something about it. So he goes, I prayed three times. And God's answer was, my grace is sufficient for you. I understand that you're experiencing this thorn in the flesh. And I understand that it bothersome. But in in your weakness, my power is made perfect. My grace is sufficient for you. So when we go to God in prayer, he may answer and say, I'm going to remove it or I'm going to do it, I'm going to do whatever. Or he may simply say, my grace is sufficient for you so that we might find grace to help. In time of need. Prayer. Does not change things. God does. But prayer allows you to see. God at work. Prayer allows you to see. God strengthening you. So that his power. Is made perfect. In your weakness. It is a mechanism to talk with God. It is a mechanism to have God talk with you and to see what he is doing in your life or the lives of others. Or maybe he's chosen not to move because it's his plan not to move. But by going to that throne room, we find grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. Things that we receive and maybe things that we should give after receiving them. So, because Jesus is our high priest and because he can sympathize with our weaknesses, he has allowed us, as average people, just average Christians, to enter the very abode of God. And be there. Now he doesn't tell us that we go there. With such confidence. That we tell God what to do. We go there to find grace. Unmerited favor. And help. So we go to the throne room. Understanding that the father is the God of gods. The Lord of lords. He is God. And sometimes we need to be reminded, like Job was, when we're busy trying to tell God what to do. He goes, Where were you when I made the mountains? Where were you when I made the seas? Did I ever ask for your counsel? Did I ever ask for your opinion? There's a joke that says, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. If you want to make God angry, tell him what to do. Because he's God and you're not. But we imperfect people, because of our perfect Savior, can have fellowship, communion at a time of great need, but we're also told, not here, but elsewhere. Prayer is not just about what I need, but to praise God for what he's done and to be thankful to God for what he's done and what he's doing. Prayer is not just making application or supplication. It is saying, thank you for what you did. And thank you for working in my life. And thank you that even though I have been unfaithful to you and faithful a couple of times. You have always been faithful to me. Help me, God. Give me help. Give me mercy in these times that I might be more like Jesus, my high priest, who allows me by his offering. Be here. Now, let me tell you a little secret. You see, the high priest in the temple or the tabernacle was there for a short period of time and then split. The scripture says that when Jesus offered his blood, he sat down at the right hand of God the Father. So, when your prayers are there, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are. What better place to be than in that throne? Grace, mercy, and help. You might not need it right this second, but I can guarantee you one thing, there will come a time and probably very soon that you will need either grace or mercy or help.